This is Holding Court with Patrick McEnroe. Now, here's Patrick McEnroe. All right, time for another edition of Holding Court, everyone. Patrick McEnroe here, and uh, I got to come clean about this character here who I've gotten on. Very lucky to have on my program. He's got one of the most uh, interesting careers in Hollywood and on the stage as well. Alessandro Nivola is his name. Uh, but I got to come clean with you, Alessandra, because, you know, I, I try to do my homework when my guests are coming on. So I go online, you know, I look at everything you've done and I, you know, they get the stock photos, right? I went through some of your old interviews of some of the great movies you've been in and I go through all the stock photos and like half of them are you and your lovely wife, Emily Mortimer, who's another very successful actor, actress. And half of the pictures yeah. are like you and her at the U.S. Open on the red carpet. So now I'm I'm very offended now, okay, all these years. I've been hearing about you. We'll get into that later. But I didn't realize you were such a big tennis fan. So please, please uh, tell me. First of all, thanks for coming I on. I got it. Hey, what a pleasure. What a pleasure to talk to you. I um I have to I have to give a shout out to my friend Eric Schuster who mm-hmm. organizes the Open and uh, it's thanks to him that I keep appearing on that red carpet and um, no it's become it's become a tradition but I uh, I don't know listen I, the thing about uh, I don't want to get too uh, you know spiritual about this but I um, the the obsession I have with tennis is um, because it has, a, there's a lot of crossover with the performing arts. Mm-hmm. And that may sound odd at first, but, you know, in fact, when I was in acting classes as a young guy, um, more than once, the inner game of tennis mm. was required reading for some of my classes, some of my acting classes. And <clears throat> along with, like, you know, it's in the same vein of Zen and the art of archery or whatever. Right, but, right. It, you know, it, it, there are so many principles that are similar in sports psychology and, and acting, um, in particular, uh, in terms of how you deal with pressure and how you can find a way to relax and create time and space for yourself uh, in you know, often like frantic situations that feel like they could be spiraling out of your control. And, um, you know, that book had a big impact on me as a kid. And um, I then just got so, like, fascinated by the scoring system mm-hmm. in, in tennis, which is unlike any other sport. Right. And I'm sure you've, you know, talked about this ad infinitum, but... For me, it's just such a unique thing, the way that it's designed to build pressure through, uh, through a match, you know, through games, through sets and through matches, and how it, uh, I, I think, puts the athletes under more mental strain than any other sport. And, it's, and, and for that reason, it's thrilling to watch because uh, at the top, you know, the highest level, it feels to me like, you know, all these players technically are so extraordinary that it really often comes down to these intangible psychological differences between uh, people's personalities and, and who can handle those big points best. 
Well, I'll tell you. Um, I'll tell you a couple of things because uh, first of all, you're it, it's. I'm not surprised to hear that from a thespian as you are because I've talked to a few <laughs> actors uh, over the course of doing this, and uh, a few of them have said the same thing. By the way, you're going to be in an upcoming movie with one of them. I, I don't know if you know this, but I was as Who's a, a Timothy Oliphant. Oh so yeah, Timothy he's, Oliphant. The, he's in the movie I'm doing right now. This is the one of the Sopranos one. No, the Sopranos film, The Many Saints of right. Newark, uh, I already finished, and that's coming out in September. But the one I'm filming now okay. is uh, this untitled David O. Russell movie. He's the guy who, I did another movie with him, American Hustle, and he also directed Silver Linings Playbook and right. um, The Fighter, uh, and he and that's the one that I've just started uh, here. Okay, in all right. LA. Because you were awesome, and, you were awesome and, in American Hustle. That was unbelievable. <laughs> you were great in that. The Many Saints of Newark is the name of the David Chase Soprano sort yeah. of prequel movie, and you've got yeah. one of the leads in that. Um, yeah, so. that is that movie is like my long-awaited big break. To be honest, like uh, it only took I, it, only, it only took like twenty-five years, right? You're like an overnight <laughs> success, and you started in, I mean, in ninety-four. Then, you started after you got out of Yale. And I made the movie like three years ago and then COVID hit. We were right. supposed to be out in September and I had to wait another year. I'll probably be dead by the time the damn thing comes I, out. Well, but, they say, I just, uh, I just, I just saw that it's going to be out They're They're planning on a September release. So we're hoping COVID's over and so, or not well, over, that was but the plan. yeah, that's the plan because first they had pushed us to March and then it became obvious right. that that was way too soon. And so they just like this last week, they just, set the new date back in September, which is great because they're going to, you know, take it to the festivals and the awards sort of season and all that kind of thing, which is what happened. Well, I got to, I got to, I got to ask you, I mean, I, there's like 15 different things I, I should be following up yeah. on that based on all you've said so, so far in like the first five <laughs> minutes, but I got to ask you because I know there's like, you know, I, I looked up the many saints of Newark and who's in it. And yeah. you've got James Gandolfini's son, who's playing, you know, the young Tony Soprano, you play, yeah. Um, the uncle who was never in the actual TV show, but he was a storyline that they had talked about. So tell me, so a little, uh, give yeah. me a little, give me a little on that. Uh, okay. So what this, the movie is, <clears throat> is an origin story of Tony Soprano, but told through a, the character of the guy who was his mentor as a young kid, who is the father of Christopher Moltisanti, who was played by Michael Imperioli in the series. He was, was Christopher, you know, the right, younger, right, the younger yeah, guy. Christopher, yeah, right, yeah. Christopher, how you and doing? And so yeah. I'm, I'm Christopher's dad, right? Okay, right, gotcha. And, I like some so of your pics he, on Twitter. I saw some of the pics of you on set. You're looking tough, very tough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I really did transform my body a lot for that role. And, uh, I mean, it was a... I had like nine months where I stopped working mm-hmm. and just prepared because I, I knew what an opportunity it was. And um, it was it was a real luxury that I haven't really been afforded that often to have that time. And, and it really makes a big difference. Um, preparation, as I'm sure you know. Right. So how did you but, prepare? Um, what, you mean prepare like physically or mentally or both? Ev- everything. Okay. Everything. I mean, I, I had months and months of, you know, I I managed to meet a guy who introduced me to a guy who introduced me to a guy, and, <laughs> okay. uh, and before I knew it, like I I really you know had made some some contacts in 
you know, that world. It, it wasn't, it, it's not the same as it was in the 1960s when this movie is set, but mm -hmm. um, it, it's not as different as you might think. And um, uh, my, in fact, one of my, my first contacts, uh, one of my big inroads into the, the mob life with a priest <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> in, in New Jersey. Um, but he, uh, anyway, so the story is um, that this guy uh, was idolized by Tony as a young guy because Tony's dad was sort of uh, in prison a lot and, and not very nice guy. Uh -huh. And um, and this guy was not actually his uncle. They call each other uncle because that's what Italians do. Mm -hmm. But uh, he's actually, you know, a fr I, I was like an associate of his dad. And so like a close family friend. Right. And I didn't have any kids of my own um, growing. You know, I'm not, Christopher wasn't born until uh, later in my life, just, just before I died. And so I ended up kind of you know, treating Tony like, uh, you know, like I was a sort of surrogate father mm -hmm. and I'm kind of the only person in his life who really cares about him. And he just thinks that I'm like, he thinks the sun shines out of my ass. And <laughs> I, he, what he doesn't know is that I, I, I've just made a complete mess of my life because I'm just like got these sort of inherited these sort of cycles of violence through my through my father, who's played by Ray Liotta, incidentally. Right. Um, and, uh, and I've gotten myself into a, a, you know, a really horrible situation. And, um, and he and young Tony has no idea. Um, and so it follows my character's story through, through the sort of late 60s and early 70s. And then the relationship between, that develops between me and this, Italian girl that my father has married and brought back from Naples, who's like, you know, 30 years younger than him, right. <laughs> younger than me, in fact. And, uh, and then, and then my relationship with, with Tony. So, um, well, I'm, 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 in, know, I'm interested in here. You say that this is like your big break. Cause I, you know, you, you, you start up opposite of Helen Mirren when you first got out of college in 84 on Broadway. And I know you, um, loved your work on Broadway because then you went back years later and you worked um, with Bradley Cooper in The Elephant Man. And then yeah. in between, you've worked with De Niro and you obviously had your big, your first big break in the movies was Face Off, right? With Nicolas Cage when you played alongside yeah. him. So, so yeah. you worked with all these people, but this is your big break? Explain that to me. Well, I have had an amazing career that I'm really proud of and I've had the chance to work with all these great people and to you know have a really varied set of, of roles I've played and um, uh, so I've had a lot of opportunities in that way that I'm grateful for but I you know I've never had a career defining role mm -hmm. and um, you know I, I've never been the star of a studio, big studio movie um, that, uh, you know, had the kind of anticipation and audience built in mm -hmm. uh, that this one has. And, and that was a role that was as well written, uh, you know, that gave me the opportunity to, um, you know, play such a range of, of qualities in, in one character. And, um, and to be able to kind of dominate the film that way. And so 
this thing really only came my way because the you know nowadays studios are not making these kind of movies anymore they 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 really are only making like franchise movies mm-hmm. and marvel movies and stuff and occasionally like the the sort of like uh they'll, they'll buy a movie at a film festival you know that might be a more sort of a drama or whatever and then release it to try and win awards at the end of the movie but at the end of the year but they don't they, like warner brothers doesn't make a lot of these you know Interesting, interesting classic movies. They need to make movies that they basically they can make money on every time. Exactly. And this one only happened because uh, there was like a built-in what they call IP, intellectual property. It means like Mm -hmm. the whole brand of The Sopranos is so kind of famous and has such a built-in fan base and everything that it gave them license to make this kind of a movie and feel secure that there was an audience. And it also allowed them to cast an actor in the lead role who wasn't Brad Pitt or whatever. Right, you know, so, right, right, right. Uh, you know, otherwise I, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to to have the, you know a role that's holding up a huge movie like this um, had it not been that there was uh, you know a pre-existing like brand of this thing to, to it's, it's sort of like it's sort of like it. the, right it's sort of like the big broadway musicals now they all basically have to be a yeah. brand that you know disney gets behind mm-hmm. or someone gets behind it and if, and if it's not a big brand they've got to have you know billy joel songs or whatever exactly. it is but let me but, exactly. but you're 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 very humble because uh, you've been in some unbelievable movies you've won tons of awards including you know i know you've done a lot of british independent films you won a, a big award there a couple of years ago for disobedience which uh i heard yeah. you talk about that character which was was, was a rabbi right and you you said in yeah. a couple of your interviews that you <laughs> like to play roles that are completely sort of separate of who you are as a person what what is what, what do you mean by that yeah i mean i i like to i guess i like to just change the way I look and behave a lot in in roles because it makes me feel less self-conscious somehow mm-hmm. like I like I feel more free that way um, and when I, you know when it's just me I feel really uh, kind of awkward and uh, so it kind of like as soon as I'm specific about like a set of you know characteristics and and you know, a, a, a physicality and a, a, a way of speaking and, you know, that, it, that are really precise that are, you know, either come from my imagination or come from people I've seen or that I'm stealing from somebody else's performance and something else I've seen, <laughs> uh, you know, that like makes me feel free and like liberated. <clears throat> Well, uh, you know, it makes a lot of sense. And what you said earlier about uh, tennis and the, sort of the comparison of the mental side of the game with what you do as an actor and, you know, responding to the situation. Well, let me first say, let me let me first just tie up the Timothy Oliphant thing because I played yeah. with him a few times at the Chris Everett um, charity event that she has every can he Can he hit? No, the guy can play. No, no. He if you can play oh, with wow. if you can play with him, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna track him down, and when if you two get the chance, I want to hear because he can flat out play. He is actually his brother was a really good junior tennis player my age, played alongside me in the national. They're from Southern Cal. Wow. And Timothy wow. was actually a, a a really good swimmer, 
and went to SC, wow. USC on a swimming scholarship. Which no is, way. Which so is he's, not, a, he's a serious athlete. He's an athlete, and his, one of his daughters is a very good uh, tennis player. So anyway, get there and play with him. But I, I have to bring up a little bit of what you said about the, you know, the difference of these great players. And I, I can tell you this as a player who I wasn't a great player, but I was a good player, and I was good enough to make it, you know, make it in the pros and do pretty well for a yeah. few years. I can tell you yeah. that I used to wish – that I could be at the level of some of the guys who just beat the living shit out of me on center court at Wimbledon or the French Open, like a guy named Andre Agassi. Okay, so I will tell you, Alessandro, that it's not just about that. Okay, because sometimes it's just the guys just better than you. They just have their better <laughs> skills. So I used to sit there and say, imagine if I could just do like half of what Agassi did and maybe I could out-tough him mentally. But at some point... You know, and because I I learned this now as I'm trying to uh-huh. help kids and work with kids at our tennis academy in New York, and I think to myself, yeah. how can they miss that shot? You know, because I'm thinking yeah. like that for me it was easy, and I'm like, wait a second, remember when you played Agassi on center court at yeah. Wimbledon, and you were getting absolutely blasted off the court, and had no chance. So sometimes, <laughs> you know, it doesn't always correlate. But I get well, your point. Interesting. Yeah, no, that's interesting that you said. I mean, obviously, like everybody's got their, you know, different physical attributes. And, uh, you know, if you look at the top 10 guys, I mean, they're physically in such a range of, of like body types and they all have their different kind of, uh, areas of, uh, you know, where they're, where they're right. dangerous. And, uh, who's your favorite. Uh, I mean, no, well, actually I know who your favorite player, cause you said it on one of your interviews. It's you and your wife, like Rafa. I, yeah, I, I'm a huge Rafa fan. Um, like one of the great moments of my life was being like four rows back just at the last U.S. Open. Not not this past one. Right, the one, the one before. before he, right. Where he won, yeah. And uh, and watching that five-setter against Medvedev was just one of the, incredible. He, I mean, I, I just, um, yeah, I, 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 look, it's an age-old um you know, conversation about do you love the you know the, the beauty of Roger's game or the or the intensity of Rafa's and I you know it's just like I don't know there's something about the grind of mm-hmm. he he made some comment recently where he said like about suffering yes that's one of his that's do you one remember of his, that? yeah yeah that, well, that's one of his go to lines you know I I have to be ready to suffer yeah when, and yeah. that like that unless he's like unless he suffers like he, mm-hmm. he, he can't win and i, I don't know why but it just <laughs> like strikes the court that's not something and, uh, that's not something you would hear federer say so, but you're right so di- you know you can have totally yeah. different mentalities about yeah. the way you and i guess it's like being a, a great actor i mean you can have a totally different methods right to how you get into that mindset of what you need to well, do it's such a you know it's a it's that kind of, um, you know, Zen paradox or whatever, where, you know, you have to work so hard to get yourself to the point where you're relaxed and in the moment and and not thinking and finding flow or whatever. And so, uh, you know, the, the, the suffering I imagine is about like the grind that it takes to get yourself to that feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and can, then once you're at that feeling, that feeling is the reward, you know. 
Yeah, to get to that pl- um, to get to that place where you 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 know you've done all the work. You know, it's like you know yeah. you know the lines inside and out. You know, there's ten different yeah. ways you could go, and then in yeah. the moment when your fellow actor or the situation, whatever the situation is, delivers you the line, you're sort of in a place where you can do whatever you want, right? Because you know, yeah. there's so many different variables that you can't predict. But even the course of like over the course of making a film, like you go through all the same kinds of uh, momentum shifts and everything that a match has where, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you you know, you've done your preparation, you're, you know, you're nervous at the start of the match, you're nervous on your first day of film, you come in there, you know, either, you know, there's one narrative where you come bursting out of the gates and you're just like crushing it the first few days and you just are feeling like you couldn't even believe how well it's going and everything. And then like something happens someday that just trips you up and suddenly you feel like you just doubt the whole thing. And you mm-hmm. just think like, Oh my God, everything I was doing was worthless. And it, 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 I, I thought I was like, uh, you know, riding high and it was all an illusion. <laughs> and like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then like you kind of grind through that feeling and, and just like stay the course and try and focus in on like very specific things that are right in front of you and, and not letting your brain spin out about, you know, all the implications of if this whole thing goes south and, you know, if you just like can't keep it together or whatever. And then you sort of spot, you lock into something again that like you can concentrate on Mm -hmm. and then, you know, and then suddenly you're flying again and, so, you know, those, you know, or alternatively you come in and you have a terrible first few days and then like you turn it around or, whatever, you know, so all those different, uh, you know, narratives are, I just keep seeing every time I watch a tennis match, like it, it just seems so familiar to me with the way that the players' minds are, are going. Well, 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 I I heard you say in one of your other interviews, Alessandro, that you always you knew from a very young age that you wanted to be an actor. Now I know your mom was an artist, your dad was uh, sort of in, in the education world, was a political scientist. But I also know your your grandfather because I've seen quite a bit of his work on some of my trips to Italy. Uh, Constantine Nivola was uh, a, wow. a, a very famous sculptor. And uh, I know wow. I've seen a lot of his pieces in like public areas of Italy. Amazing. So you, uh, so well, you, you have, you have one, that background. There was one sculpt, you know, uh, there's a funny little story. I was right after I got cast in the many saints of Newark. Um, I was watching a Sopranos episode mm-hmm. and I suddenly saw it was some episode where they went to Naples. Right. And like, uh, I think it was like the second scene or something. And, and I'm looking at this scene and Gandolfini is there and it's like a kind of close up on his face, but just over his shoulder, I see this sculpture and mm-hmm. it's in some like catacomb thing. Like it was, I don't know where it was, somewhere in Naples. And it looks really familiar. And then there's like another angle on the scene. And sure enough, it was one of my grandfather's sculptures in the background of this 
seen in the <laughs> see it, it's all it, it all had to come to this that you would be the, the lead in this uh, sopranos movie coming out right? With your, your italian background did david chase know that when because you were the first you were the first big guy that they 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 put in this movie they that they cast he, he had he had no idea i wrote to him he just shot himself he couldn't believe it Unbelievable. and i you know but all I'll say about the, you know, the casting of the movie was like, I, you know, my name has just been such, uh, you know, a boring thing for me to have to explain throughout my life mm-hmm. and throughout my career and all this stuff. And finally, you know, when I first met David Chase, it was just so clear that my name was like a huge selling point. Right, you're, 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 20, you're 25 job. years of getting all these awards in these independent movies and getting your you know, face off Jurassic Park, which you were in, number three, you know, then finally it comes to this, okay? Now, but, but, but I do want to remind you of one of your first big plays you ever did, right, was when you were at Yale and you yes. did The Three Sisters and tell me about yeah. the um, the other actors. So there was there were there were a few yeah. other actors in there. One of them will start with was was Edward Norton. Yeah, he's done okay who, for himself. Yeah, at the at the time was named Ed. Right. But I uh, he he then became Edward. Okay. And um, and that's like that's like and, the, that's like the John Cougar Mellencamp and then John Mellencamp. <laughs> I got you. Okay. Right. <laughs> well, he didn't want to be. He didn't want to be Norton. Norton. No, no, right. <laughs> Got to be Edward. That was that. That's Ed Norton. Right. And there was a uh, there was an actress who you might be familiar with, who was also in that production. Um, her, her name's Melissa. Yeah, Erickson. sounds familiar. Right. So yeah. So you, yeah, you know I, I, I know who that is, and so. Um, <laughs> It, when Eric Schuster, who you mentioned at the top, who sort of connected us, yeah. he ran yeah. a lot of PR and did a lot of media stuff for the USDA, you know, for, and he still does for many years. And when I was yeah. there working there and being the Davis Cup captain, and when they need someone to go on one of the morning shows, you know, to talk about tennis, guess who they call? Patrick, we need you for Good Morning America. Can you be there at 5.45 a.m.? Sure, I'll be on for 30 seconds or, you know, 90, whatever they need. So he sends me this text like a week or so ago. He says, I, you know, because these guys, they give me some ideas. I know this guy would be great, you know, for your podcast. He's a great actor. He's got a huge role coming up. And um, I know he really likes tennis. He plays. His kids play. Alessandro oh. Nivola. So I said to him, so I think about it. I, I go to my wife, Melissa. I said, you won't believe this text I got. And she said, I said, this guy, you know, he says, does he have any idea? I said, I don't think so. So I write him back. I said, Eric, I said, uh, thanks a lot. Sounds great. I said, just FYI, Alessandro used to date my wife, Melissa Erico, back in their college days. I had a nice college fling. He, it was, it was a, another another lifetime ago. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, Eric says to me, he texts me back, goes, oh, I can't, I'm really sorry, man. Like, like I should have known. I said, how, would, how the hell would you have known? Nobody knows. But let me tell you this, okay? Uh, of all the years that we've been married, you've been married for what, like seventeen years now, right? Eighteen. 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 Yeah, Melissa and I just just had our twenty second year. Wow. And she wow. Uh, she tell I don't tell her about my exes because there are a lot of them. Okay, so I try to leave that to the side. But she tells me she basically had like two, I think maybe three serious 
boyfriends, you know, guys in her life. And she always talks about you. And she says, he is such a good person and he is so smart. And anytime I, you know, want to get some advice about my career or my New York Times, you know, she's done a couple of New York Times articles. You're always ever. Yeah, so, she's, so, like a, she's like a staff writer. Now. She's like a staff writer. So, so you yeah. guys go way back. But what was it like? I got to ask this. I'm not going to ask about the romantic side. I'm going to ask about <laughs> what was it like working with her in the play? Um, well, it was, it was, uh, it was amazing. I was like a freshman, I think. And she was a couple of years ahead of me. And yeah. She's, so I think she's two, two years older than you. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so they were like big stars, you know what I mean? Like everybody. And she had been, um, in the touring company, the first touring company of Les Mis. That's right. She played the lead in Les Mis. Playing Cosette. Yeah. And so she was like, uh, kind of a celebrity at school. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, and, and so every, so I was like, I had like two lines in this movie. I had to like, I mean, in this play and, uh, I just came in and I was, you know, no, I mean, I was like so impressed (laughs) and she, (laughs) she was, uh, you know, and she was awesome in the play too. Like she was totally, you know, she's, you know, as you know, way better than I do. She's like, uh, an incredibly, um, dynamic personality and, she just like filled up that room immediately and was, um, you know, full of ideas and, and trying different things and just seemed so comfortable in that environment. So she was, she, was, so she was like, already, wow, she, you know? yeah, she was already a diva is basically what you're saying. Right. On the, on the <laughs> stage. Right. I understand. No, I know. I don't know. Listen, I've, I've lived it for you know, more no, than 22 she, yeah, years. No, she, so. Yeah, she took her space. She yep. took her space. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, she was so excited to hear that we were going to do this, and I'm, I'm, and generally, I really didn't know that you were that into tennis. And uh, uh, I know you guys have a place out on the island. We got a little cottage out there, and um, yeah, I, know I think you, I think we're right near each other. You know, my dad grew up out there. In fact, went to right. public school in Amag in Springs outside right. Amagansett. So. He's like a local, or he was, and um, and our house out there, I think, is right. You know, his house out there is is uh, right near you guys. Well, we need to get it's to, like right near. Yeah. Yeah. We need we need to get together and play tennis because I need to uh, I need to break down your game. I know your son um, who was into it for a while, and and you know I, I searched him out on some of the uh, tennis sites, and it le- sounded like he was a pretty darn good player. But I think he has he lost a little he interest start- in tennis. I know. Well, he started he started um, doing you know he was he was on the little USTA circuit and right. when he was like eight years old, I think, and then uh, he got you know distracted by, um, well, you know, movies and stuff. And he, <laughs> I, I wonder how that could happen. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and he has, I, I, he's just, this is like, uh, this is going to just ruin our lives, but he has just been offered a lead role in wow. like a, a movie that is going to eclipse both mine and my wife <laughs> like at 17 he's gonna have like the big break you've been working 30 years for right uh, yeah. i mean i probably shouldn't say i don't know when this is it's gonna air but right they'll probably announce it any minute but 
it is like one of the biggest movies of next year. He's been offered one of the lead roles in after like a huge audition thing that didn't come from us at all. It was, it came through the school mm-hmm. because the director, the director went to the same school as him and called up the school and asked if they had any kids who wanted to audition for his thing. And Unbelievable. Uh, he went, went and did it. I, I had nothing to do with it. And next thing I know, he's like, you know, got a, got a part that I would like give my eye teeth for. Unbelievable. Um, so, <laughs> well, let's make sure, um, let's make sure he still plays tennis, right? Cause that's a game. No, you know, he still plays. He, yeah. He Cause he sounded plays. like he was no, pretty he, good. He, he definitely got, he's definitely got a game. Like he, he, we, we can, he and I can still really hit together and, and have a good time. He's like, He's not uh, competitive in, in, you know, on the circuit, but, but right. he's good for he, him. But now your kids, yeah. now some of your kids are like. Gonna, one, of, one of my I girls, mean, we have three girls. One of them is, is a competitive player and she's unfortunately had a couple of tough injuries, even at the ripe mm-hmm. age of 14, but she's, she's yep. coming back and she's doing great. And she's, uh, so we could do a little doubles, Nivola against the McEnroe. Uh, did she let you coach her? Uh, you know, because Alessandro, that's a very delicate question, okay? That is, you know, Dad, here's one of the lines. Here's one of the lines. Dad, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so imagine imagine your son, like you're on the set with him doing a movie, right? And, like, you've been doing yeah. this, like, your whole life. Like, and, he, and, and you go over, you know, you don't give him any advice about, like, his, his love life or his school or whatever. And you're like, you know, you might want to, like, take a pause before you give that line. Dad, you don't know what you're talking about. So, like, uh, Victoria, you might want to, you know, like, take that ball and maybe take a little pace. Dad, you have no idea. You're, you don't know what you're talking about. So that's what well, I – so I've learned okay. how to pick my spots, Okay. Those, what you just described is like th- that dialogue ha- has happened, and I was trying to I was trying to coach him on his auditions, and he mm-hmm. wanted nothing to do with me. He didn't even he wouldn't even once read it out to me. Right, like I didn't I, I was like banned from the whole <laughs> thing, and and uh, obviously he didn't freaking need me. But um, but I also tried coaching him on the tennis court, and that pisses him off. Right. No end too. So uh, it's all a complete. I've just completely thrown my hands up and, and given up. I think that's like uh, Melissa, my wife, giving uh, some tips on singing. You know, to singing. One of our twin, our <laughs> twins are into dance and singing and music. And like, not, leave, leave me the hell yeah, alone. Yeah, they're like, uh, Mom, could you uh, go to your room, please? Yeah. So that's that's the way it works. So so here's what we could do. I could give your son some tips on acting. You know, he was like yeah, some, some tennis go. guy. And then you could give my uh, daughter daughter's tips daughter on tennis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So we got to do that. It's been uh, unbelievable to have you on. Good luck with everything. We'll obviously be looking hey. for the Sopranos movie out later this year and, and this movie that you're working on now. So you got, uh, I feel like you're, you're an overnight success and it's taken 25 years for you to get that like huge break because you've got like your, your career has been amazing. Absolutely amazing. Well, thank you, man. I, it's such a such a pleasure to talk to you. I've been a big fan of yours for a long time, and uh, nothing would make me happier than to, to hit a ball together. Sounds good. Alessandro Novola, everyone, on Holding Court. Holding Court with Patrick McEnroe is powered by Mudhouse Media. Mudhouse Media.